0: and welcome to the hunting connection podcast my name is zach williams and i am your host here we'll connect you with hunters fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe this podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces we hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way hope you enjoy the podcast welcome to another episode of the hunting connection podcast i am joined with a special guest and our first interstate guest and uh, zoom video call guest cody how you doing brother pretty
1: good Good, mate Put a bit of pressure on being the first
0: one out of, the, out of south australia though <laughs> yeah like i said um the the guest i had lined up she um was sick so i had to quickly get someone and who who better than you
1: oh if you wanted thank
0: you <laughs> just going by the background you know there's 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 not someone better i could get on as the first in interstate guest mate you got a cracking Samba behind you a nice fallow nice roaring red nice boar bunch of freedom freedom mounts on the on the ground there yeah just because
1: I don't have the wall space to actually hang them up
0: <laughs> that Samba looks giant how big is he oh he's 27 inch that fella 27 nice nice that's uh, yeah shits all over my my little Samba is yeah tiny doesn't even compare. The brow tires are longer than his main beams. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, the first sandbar shot was a mongrel. He's down there somewhere. He's only, I don't, he didn't even get a back time going.
0: Yeah, he's cool. I, I like those handlebar stags there. They're something different, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Like
1: he, that was the first one I ever shot, and I got him on my second trip. The
0: Wicked, wicked. All right, let's get straight into the questions, man. Where are you from? I am from Bathurst, New South Wales. Awesome. Beautiful part of the country. I haven't been up there too much, but I've passed passed through it. How old are you, man?
1: 26.
0: 26? Nice. What do you do for work?
1: I work on the family farm. Out near Oberon. Yeah.
0: So I'm basically just just a farmer. Just a farmer? Nice. Uh, how many acres are you you working on there, mate?
1: Now you're getting into the stuff I really don't know. Um, It's r- roughly about four years ago, I'd say we were running about 17,000 acres of awesome.
0: owned and leased land. Yeah. So what are you running out there? Cattle, sheep, bit of everything? Man. Mm.
1: Mainly cattle at the moment. We used to run sheep, but I hate the bloody things and I was glad to see them go, to be honest.
0: They are, and they uh, keep the deer out the paddocks at times. <laughs>
1: oh, they just get in the way. They just stink, and, yeah, you can't find deer when they're around.
0: Exactly, exactly. You um, came up with a pretty good theory on why why you don't see fallow and sheep out together and some other species, so...
1: Yeah, well, you get a dry time. you got sheep and cattle in the same paddock, but sheep do that a little bit better than cattle do. They yeah. just they just eat more and cattle just can't compete.
0: Yeah, exactly. So why wouldn't it be the same for deer? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how did you get into the hunting outdoors lifestyle, mate? Well, I
1: guess um, like most kids that grow up, in the bush and whatnot. I grew up as a shooter, I like just going out spotlighting and you know shooting rabbits and whatnot. But as I got older, I started like picking up the wild deer mags and sporting shooter and all those ones, and like started learning about deer, like not even knowing there was deer running around the backyard just because they weren't a thing back then. Yeah, wow. As I learned that learned that more and more, I just wanted to get into it me by myself. So I sort of became self-taught and looking for deer and stuff and chasing them.
0: So how old were you when you got onto your first deer, mate?
1: I can't, I'm not entirely sure because, just because I don't really remember it too well, but I remember I was 15 when I shot my first stag.
0: Was that that uh, big stag you sent me photos of the other day?
1: Yeah, that's that thirteen pointer down
0: here. That's yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's a that's that's what dreams are made yeah. out of.
1: True. Yeah, I shot him with a twenty-two two fifty. Yeah, went up here during the raw, and I just happened to ha- have a raw and went out on my own, make my own miner's license and all that. So, dad was kicking around there somewhere. So. But I wound in and he, I roared him in and everybody was behind me. So he let off a big screaming roar behind me and snuck behind And I swung around and was like, buddy, 50, 60 yards away. And I <laughs> took a quick shot at him. But, oh, no, yeah, that's not bad for a first one.
0: Yeah, that's uh, hard to beat for a first one. Much like uh, Caleb's oh, first yeah. first fallow buck he shot the other day. It's going to be a um, pretty, pretty long time before he uh, beats that. We we're telling him he just needs to give up hunting and start golf or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's
1: fucked. <laughs> now he can't shoot another one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so what what are you mainly running when you're you're out? What what's your main rifle setup and your bow hunt too? Um,
1: yeah, I do a bit of bow hunting as well. Um, rifle wise, it varies. From what I'm chasing Yep For just general hunting I'm using a Sega Grizzly In 306 calibre Nice yeah, And I've got that Mounted with a Zos Conquest HD5 Scope
0: On it Nice Nice setup. Oh that was
1: like The first rifle I bought When
0: I was 18 yep. so. <laughs> so A bit, bit fancier Than most people's First rifles mate
1: yeah, well, my dad was very anti big caliber, yeah. as he'd say. He says, like, Oh, you don't need anything bigger than a two, 223. Don't need anything bigger than a 243. <laughs> so when I was going to, I told him, I to go, I want a big deer rifle to take on any Australian deer species. He's like, Well, fine. If you're going to get a stupid caliber, may as well make it a really good rifle. <laughs> so he come in to split the grizzly.
0: There there could be worse things, you know, at least he wasn't telling us to get get something shit. At least least 6.5 Creedmoor wasn't a a thing back then. (laughs)
1: Yuck, (laughs) 6.5.
0: What bow are you running, mate?
1: I run a Hoyt PowerMax and that's at 60
0: pound. Nice, nice. Uh, Do you know your, your arrow grain? Grains
1: at all? What? Um, I got. Well, I just use the Coyugas pilot mainly. cuts.
0: What um, what grain pilot cuts you're running?
1: Um, yeah. Um, at the moment I'm running hundred grain. But I usually run a, run hundred and fifty grain. Yep. Normally, just because I like that extra bit of extra punch.
0: Yeah. Now the pilot cuts are good. How do you find the um, bleeder blades on them?
1: Um, I've I've seen them
0: in action. Look, I not
1: when I've shot them, but I've seen them in action on chamois and pigs in a in a red deer. And like, I've been quite impressed of how well they just managed to cut through and like just do a lot of damage to make the animal bleed.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've uh, had good luck on them on um on goats. They've done all right. I've I've switched it switched up a broadhead types a couple times, but um. Yeah, Cayuga's and Van Diemen's are my top go-to at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, I, I did experiment with some cheap eBay shit. and When I did get started, I was using the Wasp Boss Heads because yep. it was what my white tail outfielder in Illinois recommended that I use. So I did use those for a bit more and I worked out the, the costs and all that in terms because no one really stocks them here in Australia. So I had to get them shipped over from America. Yeah. It's worked out, I'll go with Australian it. made. it's cheaper and I can get it easily.
0: And better made heads as well when it comes to the Australian design stuff as well. Oh yeah, Mike, just bet better stealing all that. Exactly. Exactly. So um when you're out, I know you do some of your, your shooting from from your farm, like your farm work stuff. <laughs> What's in your hunting backpack when you go out?
1: Um Normally, it's just yeah, like spare ammo because you know you never know when you're going to get trigger happy,
0: especially with the amount of pigs you've got running around your area, mate. It's oh, like, my god,
1: it's you reckon I could gels. find one on the weekend, but I was struggling.
0: <laughs> you're, you're telling me you, can't, you couldn't throw a rock without hitting them the other day,
1: <laughs> yeah? Well, you, you couldn't, but I just the other day when I had um Kajia out hunting with me, and I was like, We got a pig problem here, we need. Need you knock over some pictures? Like, oh yeah, no, I'm just happy to get out. I went, yeah, good, sweet. Go out looking, looking for them and couldn't bloody find a one.
0: That was a pretty cool little yeah. fallow spikey she took.
1: Oh yeah, that was a complete fluke. Like, just bumped into it when I was making a scrape. Like, didn't know it was going to be there. I was, we were looking for reds, but yeah, it was there, and I was like, well, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mount, knock it over.
0: <laughs> yeah, he. Uh... Only a young deer, but he had some some cool um spike coming off of that one side where he's got the three three points coming off already.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, there are the three little knobs there on the on the right side and then he's yeah, he's, he's got like a real thin spike on the on the left side.
0: Yeah. Uh so other than uh, spare ammo, yeah do you run a water bottle, a bladder? I, I run a bladder.
1: Yep. I prefer to run a bladder because I just just easy access all the time. Yeah. I'll find if I get a bottle, I'll take a big cup and they'll make me feel crook and sick from drinking a little bit too much. So I prefer the bladder because it's a bit more there. And I always know it's there when I want it. I usually carry some pillowcases for meat. Like if you get some now, pillowcases are easy to wash, use as meat bags.
0: They're pretty oh. easy to get onto as well. I, I run pillowcases just straight down to Kmart and grab some cheapies if they start to yeah, yes. get a bit rancid you just throw them out buy some more
1: yeah oh yeah it's buddy easy as to do and always make sure to carry Like you know, i run a havalon so i always make sure i've got some extra blades kicking around somewhere just it's, <coughs> Excuse
0: me. it's amazing how many people are running the um the replaceable blade knives now like I, i've spoken about it before i'm running the gerber and quite a few of the guests are running the havillon so.
1: Yeah, well, it's just it's just convenient. Like, especially if you're not a bloke who has time to do the sharpening or get the steel out and do it all. Yeah. Just.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how. Like, I find it. Oh.
1: No, oh, you go.
0: It's, a, it's just amazing how well you can break down an animal with such a small little surgical blade, like.
1: Oh, yeah. Easy as. I found um, with those scalpel blades, if you want to make them last a little bit longer, you get those um, cheap little yellow sharpeners that are about the size of a matchbox, if you just give those a touch up every now and then, like, I'll make that blade last a bit longer before you need to size it right out of the and remove it and put, chuck a new one on. Like, yeah, that's good. It saves up money on buying new blades all the time.
0: That's a good idea. I carry a little steel in my hunting pack usually, so I normally have fixed blade knives as well as well as the little disposable blade knife as well. You know, I I feel like yeah. you can never have too many, too many knives <laughs> knives in the pack. They all come yeah, handy. Yeah, myself
1: having a buddy span off kicking around
0: somewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, that's one of the most useful things. Like I tell people when I take them out that you know a knife, binos, all of that stuff is like the most important thing followed by your weapon of cho that you're taking out.
1: Yeah, oh, I, oftentimes, even when I'm working on the farm, I feel naked without my binos being there just because <laughs> I want to look them to, to see something.
0: Lucky, you've uh, definitely got the, the work of choice being able to do that. You know, I'm driving plasterboard around the city most of the time <laughs> I, I get the odd bit where i get to go up up into the hills on a delivery and the whole time i'm driving up the freeway i've got my head down looking you know doing 60 up the the freeway <laughs> in, in me truck and i'm looking up to the sides oh there's a deer oh there's a deer oh there's a rabbit there's a fox <laughs>
1: My habit is because the properties are so close to each other. I'll be driving along, and said, "Oh, hang on those something," and then I'll stop and pull up for it. So, "Oh, yeah, that's all right." And I'll I usually have a camera with me, so I want to get a photo of it as well. So that takes me uh-huh. a little bit longer to get jobs done. <laughs> and the old man doesn't like that.
0: Yeah, I, I bet. But yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be complaining if you're seeing the the deer and stuff that you're seeing out that that way. Like that uh, red stag, you uh, sense them photos of the other day and you posted it up on your uh insta oh
1: yeah that nah. um yeah that was that was on a, um that's not probably i worked on i was like on a family member's property that yeah. we just happened to get onto and look around and was like oh can't really shoot it there. unfortunately it's just like this is one of those days you couldn't get out. we just didn't have permission to go after but Bargain. honestly it only deer I've been good eyes on for the rut this year, apart from one I guided Zoe and Brendan onto a couple of weeks ago. But yeah. that, that, broke just out. I wouldn't say yeah, winner this it, is more like the highs that will whiff him out with it. This just with the wind and stuff. But we got him in the 15 meters, just, just couldn't, didn't have a glitch up with the bow.
0: Yeah. Spewing, spewing. Yeah. I haven't seen too oh, much, I, too much deer activity. I, was, you know, had that, that hunt with Hainsey and seen a lot of deer activity in one, like in a couple of days and then heading out to my properties, it just, it's kind of spoiled hunting. Like the amount of deer that he, (laughs) he has running around out there is just, yeah, makes everything else seem quiet and slow. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. With, when I was getting started, I was like, oh, you see like a lot of young deer, and a lot of hindsight, like you just struggled to find like a good aged animal
0: yeah
1: and then when my took me out for my first fellow hunt to his block it's like you see bucks of all ages everywhere just following you moving everywhere and just everything's croaking and going on and off and like if you blew a shot on a stalk with one animal you can just go right i'll just go right this way, and chase this one instead like he just had options and i was like i've never been anywhere else was like just. Constant all the time, and yeah, it was like a few easters ago now. And, and I, that like there's the first fly I ever shot, and
0: I was with a bow. Nice, nice. That's he. He looks bigger than anything I've gotten with a bow. <laughs> I've taken a few little dinkers. I don't think he'd be too much bigger. <laughs> he looks good. Um, so what's your top beginner tip for someone getting into hunting? Top beginner
1: tip um it's important to know that failure is part of the game like you will like you can't guarantee success every time you go out
0: 100 percent. that's
1: like if you can if you can just get used to the idea of like come home with everything all the time you just keep trying and going out just trying again and again like eventually success will come your way but get used to the failure first
0: yeah yeah that's that's actually some really good beginner advice because yeah if you don't like failure hunting <laughs> hunting's probably not for you because the uh, times you have success compared to the times you have failure is yeah like the amount of yeah. shit I get from the guys at work I'll I'll be like oh yep go on hunting this weekend and I'll get get to work on Monday and they'll be like, oh, did you kill anything? Oh, no, nah, nah, nah. I let some animals walk and I did this and I did that or I missed a shot or I missed an opportunity and oh you're a shit hunter you, you know you did. <laughs> yeah I know that so you're
1: shit you're not good at it I'm just going well you weren't there to see the circumstances of what went wrong but I learned from the lesson of that mistake or that failure and that's going to improve me for the next one
0: yeah exactly you know we all do make the same same mistakes every now and again. You're like, "Oh shit! I thought that was going to be different, but <laughs> every day is different." Oh yeah, no, I
1: got the I, I got the wind wrong on that one. I said, "Oh no! I drew I drew my bow back too soon." Yeah. Like, it's just there's so many so many things that just can go wrong and will go wrong. Exactly. If you can accept, that, you will screw up, but it's not the end of the world. If you do, then like your mentality will get better. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, Otherwise, you just get down in the dumps all the
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all we've all been there kicking rocks and kicking sticks and, you know, sour face, <laughs> face feeling defeated. Sour face, buddy, chucking the, tucking the tantrum like you're free. But, hey, you get to work Monday and you're like, man, I had a good weekend. It was good to get out. <laughs> I mean like the first Samba hunt I did, I was
1: like, I I did say stay get out and I pulled her off right and I shot and I didn't know if I hit or missed and I couldn't find a blood trail or couldn't find any tracks and I was just dragging my feet the whole time. So oh, I should have waited for a clear shot, I should have shot sooner. Yada yada yada. And by the time of the weekend was over, I said, like, shit, I had a good time up in the up in the high country. Yeah. I want to get back already.
0: Exactly. That's that. That basically is what my New Zealand trip was like. You know, I uh, missed a missed a nice seeker stag with the bow, and he's ran out to eighty yards. And my friends handed me the rifle, and I put this. This is the first morning, first first day, and I've put the crosshairs on him, and I've gone to touch the trigger, and I've lowered the rifle and handed the rifle back. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, this is too easy. I missed two more deer with a bow, and then never got uh, another, never got another opportunity for uh, the <laughs> rifle. <laughs> uh, so my my bow exploded three days before i I was meant to be leaving for New Zealand, so I had to borrow a friend's carbon air. So oh I had shit. to spend the next two days before I left sighting it in. So I was shooting a bow that I wasn't very familiar with. A missed, missed, yeah, a nice seeker stag, a spike, and a hind, all at different distances. You know, the stag was like forty, forty yards. The hind was like thirty. The spike was like fifteen. Just you know, buck fever, <laughs> and um, I nailed a rabbit at forty-five yards, and a, this isn't a big rabbit. It was a kit. <laughs> <laughs> And this is after, I'm like, yep, yeah, the bow must not be shooting right, and yeah, then I, oh, there's a rabbit shot it, just yeah, absolutely nailed it. I'm just like, yeah, no, nah, it's me then.
1: Yeah, it's all it's it's
0: the mentality. <laughs> yeah, it's, a,
1: it's a. my first trip for seeker, like I got my ass handed to me. It's the first DIY trip I ever did, and international trip I did. Yeah. Went over there with a blo- bloke who knew like he had family over there, but didn't have much hunting experience. And we just went over there, not knowing anything. And basically got our asses his to us. like, never. We got a glimpse of two deer. Oh, I couldn't tell you what they were. I couldn't tell you if they were reds or if they were a seeker.
0: <laughs> Did, were you over there for the roar? What time of year were you over there for?
1: Yeah, I was around
0: probably mid March. I was there for. Yeah. So just a little bit before the raw, maybe a little bit of visualisation. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, I was just there at the like, wrong time. My, I was like 18, 19 at yeah. the time, so my knowledge was a bit piss-weak on how things work, but with the knowledge I have now, I have I feel like a little bit more confident, but probably not as quiet.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't pass up another Seeker with the rifle, that's for sure. That's <laughs> Oh, no, I've
1: got... I've got to get revenge on the seeker for buddy making fun of me in such a way.
0: Yeah. Wait till you hear them roaring, man. Like it's just, uh, when you hear it in person, it's, it's, it's something special. It's the cordless deer sound I've heard. Like to me, it, it tops a red or a fallow.
1: It's, it's on, it's on the bucket list of things just to sit back and listen to.
0: Yeah. I've, I played this every now and again, but I got the, uh, not sure if you can hear that. But it's the secret. Yeah, I, I can hear that. Oh. Something else, isn't it? Yeah, I um, I actually that's my recording of the st- one of the stags that I had an encounter with, but just couldn't couldn't get onto. Yeah, right. It's cool. It's a cool sound. So um. Oh, it's. What would your top five items be for a beginner? Right,
1: yeah, well, Bino's, I'm pretty sure everyone says Bino's at some point.
0: Mid-range le- level, do you have a particular brand that you you prefer? Dom- or? Vortex Diamondback. Yeah.
1: Because that's what I run. It's, it's good glass, it's good quality, and it's at a, an affordable price. Yeah, they is. are. Again, when you ask me, oh, what not should I go? So I always go, that one, because it's what I use and it hasn't disappointed me ever.
0: Yeah, I normally say, what you, what is your budget? And they say around that, that you know, $400, $500 dollar mark. And that's that tends to be what I point people towards. Yeah, I can tell them. that's
1: so, like, oh, you go for this one. And, oh, it's a bit pricey. So what, oh, if you compare it to this one, like a Swarovski or a Zeiss, they go, oh, okay, now we'll look at these then.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so what else other other than binos?
1: Yeah, well, boots. Like you, you got to have a good pair of boots, especially if you're planning on doing like big hikes and stuff.
0: Hundred percent. Unlike Hainesy, he just rocks the freaking Dunlop, <laughs> the ten dollar Dunlop freaking <laughs> slip-ons, man.
1: I can't I can't really fault him because I took some mates out for the for a first hunt after goats and. I thought oh, I would just go for a quick walk up the river. It was like early in the morning, we were out camping. I was like, oh, we'll just go for a quick walk. It's only along the rivers. So I only put up put on my big W volleys on. Absolutely no grip on them or anything whatsoever. Going for a walk, and that short morning walk turned into a, a half a day hike up the mountain, chasing one mob of goats just to get you made onto one.
0: Yeah.
1: And we didn't end up camped at two o'clock, and like I've ended up throwing those shoes out because so I Absolutely,
0: ripped the piss out of them. <laughs> yeah, I've I've chased goats in um, cheap little flat shoes from from Big W or Kmart, wherever the hell they were, and it it was a nightmare. There's a um, picture of me with I reckon it would have been third, second or third goat I shot, and I'm there barefoot on on a bit of a waterfall with blackberry bushes all around me and i was in those flats and they just ended up giving out so i've like flicked them off <laughs> chucked them in my pack and yeah i'm walking through blackberries and damp cold ground <laughs> <laughs> you
1: yeah, know well, majority of the time i'm going out in my work boots just the normal Stones.
0: yeah
1: okay. you should go around those but if i'm like Going a bit golf, I'm heading over to New Zealand, and i definitely got some of my high ankle mountain boots or something on.
0: Uh-huh,
1: yes. Because you, you can't go too cheap when it comes to mountain stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't even in the uh, hilly shit in New Zealand, and I, I struggled a bit.
1: <laughs> you know, the gentle slopes of New Zealand is something that us Aussies can't quite comprehend.
0: It's, it's the altitude, I reckon. Like, the guys I went out with, they were fairly well-built blokes. I would not call them fit. Um, the, And the hike into deer, deer camp, CQ camp, they, they both had smokes in their hands. They had a can of jacks in their hands. And I could not keep up with them. Like, I was struggling. <laughs> and they're there, puffing on smokes, drinking their jacks. It's like you're built for the country that you're used to. Exactly, exactly. And I'm not sure if you've ever been to Adelaide, but, you know, we do have little hills, but it's mostly flat. And as uh, Josh from Send It Mate says, you know, desert.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Desert, like dirt.
0: (laughs) So boots and binos, what else, mate? Well, um, boots,
1: binos... And knife's and knives important if you play, if you want to be successful and show respect for what you kill, at least try to take something. And even if it's just dog meat in the end, like if you can take something off it, 100%. take it. The only thing I'll give exception That's things like foxes or something. If you don't want to muck with those, that's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 definitely understandable. Um, you know. And it just depends on what the uh, meat quality is like. You'll cut something open and sometimes you'll see it's got worms or it's you know, in the case of deer, like the amount of times I've cut a deer open and there's been like an old bullet wound somewhere in the back or the shoulder or the hind leg and it's just like a nothing on the outside but it's all festy on the inside, you know.
1: Yeah, I haven't had too many encounters of wounded deer but I have come across some um, pigs that have had their ears ripped off from doggers. Yeah. And so I just completely tissue and just maggot in, yeah but yeah, they're still fat and healthy mountain pigs just getting around I just not a care in the world they got like muddy both ears ripped off
0: well that's the thing we put our human emotions into it you know we're like oh poor poor animal it must be living with this pain but they're thinking oh we just gotta well they're not even thinking they're just we gotta keep living like we eat we breed we eat we breed and that's that's all they know you know mm. Yeah, like
1: to just, I don't know, I don't want to get into it too much. might go on a big rant. <laughs> Casmerary me- megafauna or however Ranella describes it, it's just,
0: it exactly. just gets in the way sometimes. Anything with eyelashes people care about. <laughs> oh, you, no one gives a fuck about a fish. Yeah. Oh, well. They, don't they have eyebrows. They're starting to. They're starting to.
1: They're starting to. Yeah, i have caught, i caught i will call on to the last
0: podcast. You did in uh, spearfishing, speed fishing, mate, and his daughter. Yeah, I'll talk about the Dave, they got Dave and Dakota. But um, yeah, even like I've joined a couple of the um, carp fishing groups from the UK, and um, I made the mistake of putting a bunch of uh, bowfished carp on there, and they they did not like that. They uh, really they respect their carp over there like we do our deer, and even more so.
1: Yeah, it's when well, yeah you get, you get different cultures and stuff involved, and different people on different plans. Like just the views on things are very different, just based on like how they've grown up in their area.
0: Exactly, like chatting to Americans and stuff, just about you know we can hunt deer majority of the time, like three sixty five twenty four seven. You know, on private hunt on private property around most of Australia, you can spotlight deer. You you know, you don't have seasons, you don't have tags, except for the exception of Tasmania and hog deer. But, um, yeah, it just blows them away. <laughs> yeah, and Europeans
1: as well. Like, when I was over in Croatia, I was like, what? So, like, you just you have all these species you can hunt them all the time. Like, you don't need permits? Like, not really, like, depending on where you are. like you yeah. Sure, you need, like, an art license for state forests and stuff in New South Wales, but majority of the time it's just, buddy, it's... It's a free for all.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it blows their minds, especially spotlighting. Um, so boots, binos, knife. What are the What are your last two? A first aid kit. First aid kit, very very helpful. Just
1: just
0: just cause like you don't you don't
1: plan on shit to hit the fan, but it can.
0: Yeah, the amount of people I know that don't carry a first aid kit, even a PLB. Um, I'm not sure if you've got a personal locator beacon. Um, I was bored. I actually it. need
1: to upgrade mine.
0: <laughs> upgrade, or you just need to re renew the um, renew the they they. No, no, it's 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 out of date. The battery's dead. Yeah, spewing. <laughs> well, be careful. It went out of date
1: the last year, just before I did the semi trip. Go, go after. Should
0: run Go hand it into your local cop shop because uh, when I used to work at BCF, I've heard a couple of stories of people just throwing them in the trash and then it goes to the dump and then a seagull or a fox or something sets it off while it's in the dump and then you get the emergency services going to the dump and then because you've disposed it incorrectly, you get fined.
1: Oh, fuck. Right, eh? LAUGHTER
0: so, yeah, I think I better keep that in mind. <laughs> you got to hand them to your local cop shop or find out on the uh, websites, wherever else you can uh, dispose them of because otherwise, you know, you could have tie-up emergency services looking for you at a, at a garbage dump.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll best look into that
0: then. <laughs> um, so your fifth and final top beginner item First aid kit. Uh,
1: um, headlamp. We'll go headlamp just because. Last one of the trip hunts I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, we shot a deer right on dark. Yeah, and it wasn't a property. I was wasn't too familiar. We've only hunted about three times beforehand, having been caught there in the dark before. So I was just like. You Know what it gets like, you know, the place like the back of your hand during the day, but like, once night hits, you just get completely lost. Like, you don't entirely sure, like, things aren't where they're supposed to be. So, like, if you see if you need to find your way, like, a good headlamp just sort of helps.
0: Yeah, I, I carry a, a half decent head torch, I normally have a torch, and then I've got these little um, hat clip lights that i picked up when I was in Texas, and they're like. Oh five dollars a packet and you get like a couple of white light ones you get a red light one a green light one a blue light one and they just clip onto the the front of your cap and they just take a little little flat disc battery but they're they're pretty good so when you're going in you're not spooking too much with lights shining around everywhere but it 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 does pay to have lights in your pack because like you said everything changes in the dark whether you're hiking into a spot in the morning or you're hiking out after you've had a successful hunt it just helps even if you shoot something on last light it's good to have a couple of different torches on hand so when you're you're butchering it up or breaking down the animal keeping it out you've got that bit of light there because if you've got a, a decent red stag you know that's what do they get 200 kilos 180 kilos for a good good red stag and if you have to deal with that in the dark with not much light yeah you're pretty much screwed. Yeah and
1: nah, I, I loaded one on the back of the ute by myself once and that was a fair effort. so
0: yeah, the one I shot with Haisey uh, him and I were trying to get it whole on the ute and we just could not. He was he was standing on the tray holding the antlers trying to pull it up. I'm trying to bear hug it and pull it up and just did not work. so had to break it down on the ground.
1: yeah I, I think I would, I ended up tying the antlers to the headboard. Dying the back legs to the headboard and just getting <laughs> underneath it, just giving a good reef and just, just shoulder barge it on. Because um, I, was, I was hunting for a hunting comp where he needed to have the whole animal uh-huh. for a weight. So I was like gutted it there and just had to get the whole thing on.
0: So do you have a few hunting comp- comps in your area or is that? We used to. Yeah.
1: We, we only,
0: they only ran about three of them. The ADA used to
1: run them, in, but then the ADA lost interest in running the competition. Then Carnotaurus Hunting Club was meant to take it over, but then it just it just never got going again.
0: Yeah, that's a shame. It's not really something that we have down here. I know the local ADA branches have their you know the biggest head of the year of each species, um, which we reckon yeah. Caleb's gonna take that out with his fallow because it's. Yeah. Uh, it's a monster. I could fit my red in between his fallow, yes. fallow's <laughs> antlers. Like, you know, the body <laughs> on my red was big. The antlers weren't overly big, but um, yeah, I, it, the fallow dwarfed the red with, <laughs> with antler size. It was mental. Um, zombie apocalypse yeah, with was, those with those ADA
1: comes. There are. Like as good as they are, and encouraging you, they are, they're all internal. So you've got to be a yeah, yeah, to, exactly. To heads on up, where this honey crop, yes, the ADA ran it, but anyone could join in. Like if you're like a pig dogger, like yeah. if you've got biggest ball, like you could have gone in for that. Like if you're a, a young kid who's like never really done much, you just shot a rabbit on your grandfather's farm, you could have entered that rabbit.
2: And
1: like have a shot to win like any of the prizes. Like it was just anyone could have had a crack at it. That's, that's what I enjoyed
0: about it. That's pretty good. New South Wales does have a better hunting culture than South Australia, though. You know, um, there's a few people working on it. You know, I'm trying to better this the South Australian hunting com uh, not com culture. Um, you know, Centermate Podcast, those boys are, and Hainesy, he is. He's been taking not just a lot of new guys, but guys that haven't like myself that haven't had the opportunity to get onto a A half decent animal and um, taking him out lately, you know, is just this rut. I reckon he's helped 10, 15 people get onto an animal of some sort, which is just insane. That's a great effort, you know. And just
1: just doing that alone, like that makes him just top, like, just to take time out of his. Work and hunt and time that he could just do for himself
0: exactly take up yeah it's like I'm I'm happy with myself if I can help one or two guys get onto something a year but you know 15 guys in a matter of three four weeks is just you know is he's, he's not spending time with his family and he's helping blokes get out you know it's he's losing time with his family but he's got the um the the best feeling of getting new people onto different species and different – their personal best heads and – yeah. Like just
1: completely outstanding.
0: It is. So <coughs> zombie apocalypse weapon, what are you going, mate? Well, I'm not
1: really into all the zombie stuff like you are. <laughs> yeah, your real zombie experiences I have is like dealing with – my. Just on video games, like I'm a big Halo fan. Yeah. So my go-to and that's it, right? Over. I've got to find a shotgun, <laughs> and I got to find a big sword. Yeah. So, that's so. Yeah. Big. A 12, 12 gauge, I can t- pump like a, a lot of, hold a lot of rounds in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You so get, something like an Adler, go a lever action Adler, or a straight ball. Or... I've
1: got a um, I've got a straight ball in the gun club.
0: Nice. How do you find them? I actually haven't shot a straight pull before. So, just for
1: shits and giggles, like there was like the neighbor was having was just having the clay shoot and they had an Adler. And I and I just recently got the straight pull, so oh, we'll come down and I have a few shots. And like because you had to do the crank as you crank, you're sort of pulling the gun away from you, yeah. And when you're pull it back, you've got to readjust and, like, sight in again. Where with the straight pull, you don't really have to keep your aim. You just pull and go, pull and go. Like, you don't have to readjust. So you've got more time to to require the next target or keep on target and just keep hitting. So, like, I don't mean to brag, but I took out every clay. I shot that and they missed 50% of theirs. <laughs> no, that's
0: that's that's a wicked. Um, what have you forgotten on the hunt?
1: Ooh. And what have I
0: remembered on a hunt, really? <laughs> you forget something oh, every time you go out, eh?
1: Yeah, oh, like, I have gone out and forgotten my um, relay state for my bow. And I've just gone, no, nah, I don't want to hunt. Like, I can't shoot without it because I just don't have the confidence to shoot with the fingers and yeah. make sure I'm shooting perfect.
0: Yeah, I was like, no. Nah. I've, I've been there, but, um, yeah, since I first made that mistake, I, always have a spare release aid the exact same release aid i shoot i have a spare one in my pack constantly <laughs> constantly just in <laughs> case
1: my brother forgot the rifle bolt for his <laughs> gun and i had the bow and he was like oh no we've driven 40 minutes to get out here <laughs> and I, no you he just want you just wanted to go for me and just go so all the pressure fell on me then to get it." goat with the bow and I managed to get one. I was it was a forty-five meter shot, it was like the longest shot I've done at that point, but I managed to get it like a nice nanny gap for the freeze for him.
0: <laughs> uh it's always good when the uh, the bow hunter outshows the rifle hunter, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm I
1: i do not know what I call myself. I'm not I'm not a true bow hunter because I I don't bow hunt all the time but yeah. sometimes i just like to pick up the rifle and sometimes i well, if i get the opportunity i will go out with that run dogs so like i, I think I, I consider myself a generalist when it comes to, the, to all methods of hunting like I, I dabble in all of it like i don't prefer one over the other
0: yeah i've i've come to this this uh road stop this stop sign recently as well like i've for years, I always considered myself a bow hunter. I'd be like, yep, I'm a bow hunter. I'm a bow hunter. And then I've gone, you know, I've got a family. It's hard to put a lot of time into bow hunting when you've got a family, a wife, you're working. So now I've got the rifles as well. Um, so it makes it a bit easier if I need to go get meat or I need to, you know, do some pest control. I'm not just out there with the bow trying i can actually you know majority of the times take a shot with a with a rifle but yeah much like yourself i've i've been dogging i've been trapping i've been ferreting i've been like I've, i've done a bit of everything i don't consider myself as a just a bow hunter anymore i consider myself just as a hunter as a generalist like you're you're saying yes
1: it's interesting that you bring up the whole okay, like You don't put much time into the bow hunting anymore because of family. Because like early last year, I went and bought myself a oak. Very nice. And
0: I was like,
1: no, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this thing a go. And it's just like that. It, it's that much of a, it's that filly of a thing to muck around with. That <laughs> need time to to work out the kinks and just get it all to work right. But I just I don't have the time. And I live in town now. I don't live out in the bush like I used to. So it's just hard to go, oh, I've got to spare a couple of minutes before it's too dark to shoot. I'll just pour it out and play with it. Like, I so I, I find it more easier to go bow hunting than it is to buddy try to work out how to shoot this buddy black powder thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I am the same. I I don't I don't live in the hills anymore. I live down in town. So yeah, I'll I've got like a 15 meter spot I can shoot in my backyard if I need to adjust something um I don't like to, but it's 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 all I've got um you know you know I only lived on five acres in the hills but you know that's enough to sight in a rifle that's enough to you know I was I was shooting six out of seven days majority of the time at least you know I'd send I could I'd normally have a 3d target. 20 meters from my bedroom. So, because my bedroom was on the outside of the house, so I'd step outside from the bedroom, take a shot down at the target. Oh, yep, yeah, that's good enough. Put the bow back up. You know, at least if I was having one shot, it's better than not. But it's, it's, I definitely find it hard to find the time to do that these days. Yeah. It's just, it's just part of, buddy life and family like exactly back every now and then <laughs> exactly exactly so do you have a um, funniest hunting story oh god um funniest
1: it, it'll, it'll be a long one so bear with me that's all right so what was it? i think it was about 2019. I just got out of a rough relationship and I just was in the moment. I was like, I just need a, I need a trip somewhere. I just Uh need to go off. And so I went on to a very dangerous website called (laughs) bookyourhunt.com.
0: I thought that was going in a different direction there for a second.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I nearly set myself up for that, didn't I? (laughs) No, so I went on a bookie hunt and started looking around, like to see what what was like a hunt I could do soonish, and I ended up finding a brown bear hunt in Croatia. Okay, so I was like, "Oh yeah," contacted the, the the outfitter. I said, like, oh, yeah." Well, when's the best time to come? He goes, "From for the spring hunt, you're looking at like." early March to late May I said right, Oh well, I don't want to miss the Red Raw because I've got guys that want to come out with me and I want to take them out, so I'll go mid, mid-March mid and by the time I get back the Red News should start roaring so I'll head over, I'll head over for then so anyway I'll go to Sydney Airport and a few hours before my flight and I'm there waiting and like you do when you're bored, you get you go on your phone, <laughs> and there was this random video that get get shared around, and I just, I just clicked on it and started watching it, and it was the, old mate doing the Cross Church shooting.
0: Ah, uh, yep.
1: I didn't realise. I, I I didn't I didn't click on like I'd I noticed it was starting to get all banned. Yeah. But like, oh, that's 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 a bit bad. And in the meantime, like I've like, I've walked, walked past these there were like muslim people in the airport and like they were like just sure because they just saw what happened and some of them were getting ready to fight to christchurch yeah, well. so they were hysterics which is completely understandable but to get to croatia I, I was flying into zagreb but i had to do a detour to dubai oh.
2: <laughs>
0: <coughs> so you see where this is going on? yeah I, I i think i can Yeah, so
1: Anyway, I get on I get on the flight And Unfortunately, it's What was it like? might not been a 14-hour flight? I'm not entirely sure To Dubai And there was a seven-hour flight from Dubai to Zagreb Anyway, it was a big, long flight And I didn't sleep too much Because I had a screaming kid sitting behind me It didn't seem to like flying (laughs) They never do (laughs) No So I I land in Dubai, and I decided that I was going to stay there for the night and then catch the flight the next morning to continue. I'll just have a break halfway and get going. That was all well and good. So I'm walking walk out with my eyes hanging out, buddy, tired. It's midnight there at the time. It's stinking hot because it's the desert. You get over there, and there's this guy walk around. He goes, Oh, you're looking for taxi. Going, yeah, yeah no, no I'm, I'm looking for a t- taxi. I need to get to me hotel. Go, oh, you follow me. I'll show you where taxis are. So i right on Off you go. Follow this bloke. Yeah. And so oh, there's all these taxis lined up. I said, all right, thanks. Man. No, 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 no. This is my car. You're getting this car. <laughs> car. You say this is Black Camry with no signage on it. No, it's, it's just a Black Camry. I went, oh. And before I could even click onto what was going on, he's already grabbed my backpack and he's put it in the car. <laughs> so, of course, on I've dived in and go, get it. Shuts the door, mate. He jumps in the front seat and we take off. <laughs> I'm going, okay, so, yes, I'll take you to the airport. So, no, already only my I'm sitting in the back seat is sweating slowly, <laughs> Tap me hands. I'm just going on. So, I pull out the, the reservation paper and I'll, in me kit and go, oh yeah, I'm going going this one here. So I oh, right yeah. It shouldn't have only been a 15-minute drive. Turn into 45 minutes. <laughs> driving around, driving around. Meantime, he's getting the phone calls and he's speaking in Arabic to someone else on the phone and giving me real rules in the rear vision mirror. So like and by this point, we've we've worked out that the um the shooter was an Australian bloke and yada yada. So like I'm in my head, I'm just going, oh. He knows I'm Aussie. He's gonna bloody take me back to the Taliban or something to get revenge. <laughs> <laughs> something, something's gonna go wrong here. Oh shit. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What? Um I um because I only had my normal credit card, well, Australian debit card, and I just had a few uh, a few dollars in Croatian with um Durkan or Durek or whatever the currency is called. I only had that currency. On me, just in case I got over there and wanted to get a sandwich or something. So I was like, "Oh God, what do I do?" And I was like, "I don't have anyone to pay you." Because oh, that's okay. We go to ATM and get money out. I went, "Oh, okay." So he goes in there and he pulls up to a like okay, a BP somewhere, and we walk in and I walk up to the ATM and he's followed me and I stand right behind me the whole time. I am like, shit. Put that in. Don't know. Look at all the different like, it's all the different numbers. I'm just going, oh, I've got no idea how much all this is. I'm going, I don't know how, how much am I meant to give. And he just walks over and he presses a button, and that's how much feeds out. And I'm all oh, right, so I just turn around and I just hand him the money. I'm fuck like, it, take the money. So and then he turns from being this real subway to real hubby like then. So, you know, would you, would you like coffee? Would you like to get a cup of coffee? I went, like, no, I just want to get to my hotel and go to sleep, please. So, righto, back in, jump back in, drive around for ages. Righto, righto. Then he pulls up said, righto, you see that building over there? And like off in the distance. And going, that's your hotel. We get out here. And he grabs my bake chucks it outside and goes, I hope, I hope we can see each other again when you come back to Dubai. And he drives off. <laughs> so, he left me off in the desert. So, I've got to walk, walk, walk across the bloody desert sand to get to my hotel. <laughs> Shitting myself.
0: <laughs> uh, I reckon that uh, covers sketchy and funny. <laughs> funniest thing. Yeah. I, I, I thought out. it would. So, um, Croatia. Yeah. How was that? It was, more well, was like,
1: cultural wise, it was very, like, I had a great time. Like, Never laid eyes on a bear the whole time, but make <laughs> time.
0: Yeah. See many, uh, like. It was It was only me and one. See much other wildlife saw... while you're out there or. Actually, we can add this
1: to the sketchy story if you like. Go on. So, um, I've... it was the first night because they only had bears at night over there. Nocturnal. So you sit up in a blind on a bait pile and you wait for the bear to come in. You blind them up in no vision scoping.
0: Much well, like Africa with leopards.
1: Yeah, yeah, similar to that. So we, we drove up in a Yaris to get to this hunting blind.
0: That's a quality uh, bear hunting vehicle.
1: Oh, only only the best in these Eastern European countries. (laughs) So anyway, if we drive up there, we go there and we spout. We get there at about 5.30 in the afternoon, just before it gets dark. Go back in and um, we sit in there and we wait and wait and wait. Don't see a thing. And then eventually the guide who was with me goes, oh, look, look, wolves. Oh sweet, I've never seen a wolf before. So we're like watching them through the scope and everything. Oh, that's cool. And he goes, Okay, can you shoot him? Because no, only Croatians can shoot them, like no international people can shoot them because that's the way their regulations and uh-huh. control work. So only they can shoot them. So like, oh, sweet. And then he gets to about three o'clock in the morning. He said, right, the bears not going to come tonight. We'll we'll pull out. So, right here, climb out of the blind and the wolf prints are underneath the blind. I'm looking at him and I look at the guy, and he looks at me and he's just gone pale. I'm going, do wolves normally do that? He just shook his head up. Oh, I know, yeah. So we start walking back to the Arras and we're looking at our tracks, but then the wolf prints are on top of our tracks and then it the, keeps going and going and then eventually what happened was that the wolves found the Arras car for the aris and worked out which way it went Found the car then th- smelt us and worked out where we where, where went and sat under our blonde trying to work out how to get us and eventually gave up and, went and stole the bear button
0: <laughs> jesus that that would have been sketchy like i've i've seen coyotes in the wild and you know they're half the size of a wolf so i can only imagine yeah how sketchy it would be
1: yeah, there was only two of them. I described the smallest one being the size of the biggest German Shepherd you've ever seen, <laughs> and the other one double the size of that.
0: That's nuts! Massive. Well, yeah, you, you would have heard the um, Rogan and Meat Eater story of them stopping, stopping fighting in one of the world wars to kill. All yeah, wars yeah. Right, on the, the battle, the Russians and the Germans have a
1: ceasefire because the wars will kept picking them off. Yeah,
0: no, nah, that's. That's mental. That, especially being in Eastern Europe, that's that would have been in my mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like one of the warnings that they gave—they give you like if you look because Australian government gives out thing like on warnings on like different countries and like what's their safety status.
2: Yeah,
1: one of the safety warnings I looked up for Croatia was like, oh, don't go wandering around in the the bush too much because there's still um undiscovered mines from the war back in '95 still hanging around."
0: <laughs> I wonder you didn't see any bears. All the bears are just wandering, blowing up. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> so um, how long were you in Croatia, Croatia for?
1: I was only there for five days. It was like, it was a. Was that five days? That I went for nights?
0: Three nights.
1: Yeah, it's only, only went for three nights and. We stretched out to a fourth nine, which made me lose miss my flight for that day, but fine, I ended up I up by up buddy Emirates and reorganizing another flight to get back on the same day to Australia anyway. So it worked out.
0: Yeah, well. That's yeah, Croatia, that's not something that's ever really crossed the mind as a as a hunting destination.
1: No, it really isn't because it's got what
0: like, they got the um
1: some one of the chamois species over there, as well as mouflon and wild boar and red stag, roadies I saw a lot of rodee there, and I'm I'm keen to go chase one of them.
0: Yeah, they're a cool, cool little species.
1: I, I did put up a post years ago, like after I got back now, Off the coast is a little island, and it's got a heap of fallow deer on it, but they're all inbred, so they're just not good heads. But I but the reason that the conversation came up, because the guy who I was hunting with, like another client, he was from Kuwait and he's a keen bow hunter. He wanted to know if he could bow hunting in Croatia somehow. And I was like, well, maybe you can hunt his valodi on his island because they're introduced, they're, like, they're not native to Croatia in some way.
0: That's crazy. That's, yeah, Croatia. Who would have thunk, eh? Yeah, you know, I just picked a random spot. So, oh, yeah, I'll give that a go. It's definitely a um, good way to deal with a shitty breakup and shitty relationship. <laughs> I'm just going to go hunt brown bear well, in some Croatia. People, some people
1: just go out and drink.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there could have been lots of that over in Croatia. I'm sure they wouldn't mind their um their spirits.
1: No, I was there for St. Paddy's Day. I nearly you know, didn't get on the drink that much. <laughs>
0: So what's the most important item you take out on a hunting trip apart from your rifle or bow? For
1: me, oh. it's, it's my camera because I just, I like filming and photography. I just like to capture the, the, the whole thing, there like the do. wilderness and the animal and like just the, the rawness of it.
0: Yeah, you, you take lots of good footage and photos and all sorts. So it's always awesome to see. What's your um, top five dream animals?
1: I've had to think hard about that. So a dog sheep, like I really want to get a nice dog sheep. Just because, I don't know, something about those mountain sheep in North America, it's always been like a big dream. They are cool. Watching the Hutton DVDs as a kid, really, really want to get one.
0: Ben Solaris got one, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he got, got a dog sheep. I think he got drawn for a tag, but because
1: of the whole COVID nonsense he I don't think he, he could go.
0: Yeah, I think he got one a few years back. As well. That was a big horn. Oh, was that was a big horn, was it? Yeah. That, that was a big horn in Montana. Yeah. Insane. They're, they're still cool. Any of those any of those. Um Yeah.
1: There's any just really just any North American sheep species.
0: Yeah.
1: I really would like to get. <laughs> If I was a millionaire, I'd definitely like to get a Mark Wall. Yeah, they—they're no, just there's something else.
0: They are, they are. What what one of those just sell for recently? It was some something ridiculous. One of those Mark Hall hunts just it it sold for like a ridiculous amount. Yeah, you
1: know, I know that when I looked it up to. Get one in Pakistan was one hundred and seventy five thousand.
0: Yeah, Australia. I think this was like six or seven hundred thousand American. This hunt went for. Yeah, I think it was like through Safari Club International or, or one of those organisations. But yeah, it was just.
1: Oh, well, I found this one through Book Your Hunt. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
1: like the whole the whole thing was like, oh, you're going to shoot a mark, or, but really all the money that you paid for this hunt is going towards snow leopard research and, and that and funding to cons- conservation for snow leopards. Yeah. I was like, well, I had the money. I'd definitely back
0: that up. Oh, 100%. You know, I don't think there's a hunt around that if I was a multi-millionaire that I wouldn't go on <laughs> just for oh, the yeah, experience. Just, just living the life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you got a dull sheep, you got a... um. Mark, or what else, man?
1: Cape Buffalo. Like, I just like the idea of going to Africa and not taking on one of them. They are. They've got up. such a reputation of being that deadly and hardy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was um. I was the Send 8 podcast, their most recent one, um, their guest. He, he'd shot, shot one over there. And he said they're just insanely tough.
1: You know you hear the same thing from everyone just like to just it takes them. it takes some effort to bring down yeah they uh, I just I just want I want to experience that myself
0: and just the horn shape like that that teardrop oh yeah like, like
1: just you just like to turn the, the the bosses just how big the bosses get yeah it's yeah
0: they're they're definitely an insane animal so you got what a North American species, a Pakistan species, an African species. What else? Um, There's a bit, some
1: sort of a bear species, like whether it's a black bear or a brown bear, grizzly polar bear. Polar bear would be pretty cool just to go up to the Arctic and experience that landscape.
0: But Yeah, I'm on a okay. couple of the Inuit um, hunting Facebook pages. Um, I'm not sure if you're on them, but they're right now. I think is polar bear season, and they've been. There's been a bunch of photos popping up.
1: I was on an Alaskan Facebook page, and I just remember blokes just casually throwing up trophy photos of Buddy seals and whales and general. Yeah, the fuck do you blokes get away with that? But then I looked into it a bit more. I said, "Oh, you're you're native. Like, you yeah. can get away with that."
0: Thing. Yeah, these guys are posting like narwhals and. You know they're yeah. just, they're chasing freaking, yeah whales and shit with twenty two hornets and 22 yeah, twenty two magnets <laughs> yeah
1: you know it's got to hit hit it in the right spot and get a hook on it
0: yeah yeah it's it's cool to see and then they post all their their meat and that from their whales and their seals and the polar bear and it's definitely interesting yeah or well,
1: even if I couldn't like even if I wasn't the hunter, I like to be like participate and just and just watch.
0: Like, yeah,
1: I find that. I just
0: technical. want to Eat it all, try it all. Try seal, yeah, try oh, see like, oil. De- try, definitely want to eat it. Try polar bear. Try try it all. Freaking narwhale, like the the big freaking tusk horn things on those things are <laughs> insane. Like, I'll, I'll,
1: I'll try anything that's given to me. Like, oh, we nearly um the guy. The guy from Kuwait in Croatia, like he ended up getting a bear on the very last day, on the, last night, and like the, like the the Croatian guys and the cooks and stuff, they were gonna have like this big feast and stuff. I was like, none of us could stay, oh no, because we're gonna miss our flights. So I was I was real dirty. I never got the any brown bear.
0: Yeah, I've had a, like- I've had black bear jerky. It was it was okay, but yeah, apparently just like black bear roast is just next level, better than the best beef roast you've ever had. It was it's funny because like the
1: guy who shot it, he he was Muslim. Yeah, he, he's a guy like well I can't eat it anyway. It's it's against my religion.
0: Yeah, well the class of the same as pigs and stuff as well. Yeah, well
1: actually I've got quite in depth in conversation because you know I like can. I'm raised Catholic or whatever, and he was like, raised Muslim. So I like just seeing someone from like the Middle East talk to someone from like an Australian background. It was just interesting to have that talk back and forth. So I we, we got into the conversation about what can you eat? What can't you yeah. eat? It's like, obviously, because like, right, well, how, like, what's, how's the Quran describe it? He goes, it's hard to really say because, you know, the translations get changed over time, but. I put it down to if it has fangs, I can't eat it. right yeah so basically tusks you're saying is fangs on a pig. Said, yep. So right that line that line you shot for bow in Africa, right? Not gonna touch. And goes no. Nah. I said righty, what if you went to the UK? That Chinese water deer. Would would you eat that? Because they've got fangs. Yeah. He goes, ooh, well you got me there. <laughs> um, I'm gonna play it safe and say that I can't eat it because it has fangs. I'm, that's, that's what I believe. I'm gonna ride you out like you, true deer.
0: Fangs. So what about like, what about red deer and elk and stuff where they have the reminiscence of the fangs, the ivories? Because technically, oh, that that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> it's the reminiscence of fangs. So
1: yeah, well, I, well, I didn't get that far into the conversation.
0: So. Uh, if you ever have another conversation you can throw that at him now too so how do you see the pub- how do you see the public views on hunting and hunters
1: I believe the view is changing all the time it's swings and roundabouts like it's a pendulum because in a way like you you look at how media's changed going through the noise. like you look like we'll, we'll pick noise like that's like when hunting television like didn't really exist it was only like a few little bits and then like like ESPN had Tom Miranda back in the day and eventually like Disney bought that out and that got pushed away and so then they had to stop the outdoor channel and sportsman Channel and like the hunting magazines and things have sort of tried to keep alive but the voice wasn't really there but now with social media it's grown again I believe it has. like it's like you and I talking here now, like, like we we've, we've met through social media. Yeah. Like it's it's more people are getting connected and the voices getting out there somehow.
0: But that's on that level. That's hunters connecting with hunters over social media. But like when you're posting photos as we do, and videos as we do, and especially on a platform like instagram or if you're going out with someone and you tag them on facebook you're reaching a different demographic who isn't really used to seeing these photos these videos and it's quite confronting for them as well so as much as do you think as much as it can be a benefit do you think it can be a curse as well
1: oh 100 the, but the the biggest enemy to Hunting and social media, is hunting in social media. Exactly. Like, like, it's, like, you can't avoid it because, like, not everyone's going to agree. But if we can, if you can go about, like, you look at someone like Ted Nugent, they're always in your face. They <laughs> just say what's on his mind. He just does not hold back. But occasionally with some people, you just got to not force them into it, but I like just be gentle with it and, like, ease them into it. Like if we can do that a bit more, you'll get more lies, yeah. I think.
0: But- I I love love Uncle Ted's approach, but he is very full on, and some people do not like him. Um, oh, you I love the bloke! Like he's insane. You obviously listen to the latest Meat Eater with with Uncle Ted on it. Um, oh yeah. I'll- i gonna make sure i kept listening it it divided the hunting community so many people just do not like him they switch off as soon as he starts talking which is a shame because he's a very very knowledgeable person but speaking about social media dividing the public on hunting what did you think of um, matt ranella's stance on social media and hunting and media in general
1: I found that quite interesting because his views on it, like going, he, he's looking at it from the perspective that, like, oh, yeah, you're doing hunter recruitment and that's bad because it's putting more pressure on public land hunting in North America. That view, like, if you take away that view from more hunters to you're turning people against hunting, that view is my old man. My old man is hates the idea of, like, Putting trophy photos up, going, he find it very distasteful. He was very growing up as a kid and like when he said, "When you go, just don't talk about shooting guns, don't talk about hunting." Like, not everyone agrees with that, but I could because I grew up in a country town where like like everyone went pig dogging. Yeah, I was the only deer hunting around. Everyone else went went chasing pigs with dogs, and that was like the most violent thing you could do. And so, like, but, like, yeah, as you get older and, like, you, you deal with more people from the cities and stuff, yeah, you try to be a bit careful of how you handle it. But, like, yeah, as far as, like, Matt's view on it goes, I can see where he's coming from and it's, like, he, he makes a good argument, but I, I don't agree with it.
0: Yeah, I'm very much in the same boat. But that older generation, as you're saying with your dad, my, my pop and other... Older hunters I've spoken to, it's like hunters should be not seen and not heard. They should be just doing it. They just kind of want to keep it out of the public view.
1: Yeah, keep it out of the public eye and keep it real quiet. Because like if, if you don't draw attention to yourself, no one's going to exactly go attack take it away, sort of a thing. But unfortunately, like you get people like Peter or animal activists and stuff like that. Like they always try and find something that to, to grab a hold and t- take away what. Well, we hold deer.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I know I know all about dealing with those animal rights activists. <laughs> so, so I've heard. So how would you change the public views on hunting and hunters?
1: If I feel like television, like live streaming services and stuff might be a big key to that because that's just the way technology is going at the moment, so like, meat eat, meat has clearly already taken a good leap forward with Netflix doing it that way.
0: Hundred um,
1: percent. There's a um mob called the season. They're working real hard to try to get get that up. I was talking to them the other day, and they were like telling me that they might have a few deals going on with some Australian television companies to get it going.
0: Yeah, I've heard to- that and seen that they um. Are working with a lot of great hunters, Ben Sal- Sal- Salaris, or how have you pronounce yeah. his last name? He's Salaris. Salaris. I,
1: I think it's Salaris.
0: I've <laughs> met him a handful of times, but yeah, I've I've met him at a couple of the deer expos, you know. Um, but yeah, it's they they look like they're going to do the world a good for Australian hunting and hunters, especially yeah. if they get on a um big Australian network. Yes. Yeah. Whether it's 7 I, May I or... was.
1: I remember I was on Binge, like the, the Binge streaming service. Yeah. And like, that's... I'm not totally sure who owns that, but I saw a lot of vegan, pro-vegan documentaries popping up on it. I was going, like, oh, how is a hunting community? Can we compete against this? I put like a rant up on Instagram about it. And then like, I think it's Craig, who's doing the season, messaged me just going, hey, this is what we're trying to fight. So like, Have a little bit of faith in this, like we'll 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 get something out to fight it. And fortunately, if you I think if you go on seven plus, you got Ivan Carter's shows on there, and like he's a ex professional hunter, but like he's doing these animal rescue style shows. The show, but like he always goes to, well, this is what hunting has funded this, yeah, like funded the saving of the rhino. Hunting has has funded the relocation of these wild sheep back into the mountains of Montana he he's showing it the way it should be shown.
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I still think streaming services are gonna be the go rather than the mainstream TV because I could not tell you the last time I watched normal TV um shit. Probably two two-ish years ago at least. I think for me it was two hours
1: ago because I was watching nobody kid get stabbed at the Easter show, so <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's why I don't watch the news. All that depressing shit. I just
1: oh, even during COVID, it was just numbers and just depression, and I was just just horrible.
0: Yeah, I stay away from all of that subject. I'm sick of hearing about it. i was yeah. sick of hearing about it two and a half years ago.
1: <laughs> no, I was sick of hearing about one of the kids on my Mexican trip. So
0: yeah, yeah, I bet Mexico's cool, man. You have to get over there. What were you gonna go chase in Mexico? Oh, rocket What? Sorry, rocket Rocket deer, nice.
1: Yeah, rocket and oscillated turkey and a few few of those jungle species.
0: Yeah, cool. So you're going right down like South America, border way. Yeah, like
1: okay. Yucatan or whatever that region's called.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I was cl- I was about an hour hour and a half over the uh, the Texan border when I went to Mexico. But, yeah, that was just Jason uh, yeah. Whitetail and um, Javelina and stuff like that.
1: But, well, you know, I had, I had peccary on the list of stuff I wanted to get.
0: So. Yeah, the collared peccary, man. They're cool. And yeah. don't believe what people say. They are really good eating. Well, I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about them <laughs> because all I heard about
1: was from Ranella. So. Yeah.
0: He he ate a coyote, so we're not uh we're not going there. We we can't trust his judgment of <laughs> No, not
1: really, especially when he's getting triggered from bears and stuff. So yeah.
0: yeah So what is hunting to you? It's
1: as a kid I was a big fan of Steve Owen growing up. I was uh-huh. like, like getting out. Adventure. I'm not sure if you can see it there in the
0: background on the video call. I'm pointing to a little photo frame there. It's a little photo frame with some uh, movie still of Steve Irwin right there. He was, again, my idol as well. I was a massive fan of Steve Irwin, and it seems to be a very, very, (laughs) a very common. um... I got a little statue of him. (laughs) It seems to be a very common thing in the um, hunting community. With people being a massive Steve Owen fan?
1: Yeah, so like, yeah, well, you know, I just like just getting out of this, that living in the bush, like adventure and all that. And as I got older, like I discovered Jim Shockey, watched a lot of his stuff. And I'm just going, that's this guy's just got it worked out. Like, the, what, like, what a life to live, like just traveling the world, seeing these amazing places. So, in the end, what hunting is to me is just adventure. Like it's just always been about adventure.
0: That's. that's
1: and I, got, I hold adventure very dear to me and that's what I want that to be to Leo. My son, when he's older, like he just to enjoy going out and being adventurous.
0: hundred percent. No, that's, that's, that's a really good answer. Um, I think I discovered, um, Eva before I discovered Jim. Uh, <laughs> I think most blokes did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that. I, I would love to go see Jim's hunting museum. That would be oh, buddy, would I, just be next level. I
1: was, I was trying to rig the Mexico trip to do to fly to Canada, so I could, I could drop off in Vancouver, so I could just quickly go over to the museum, and then get back <laughs> on the then keep going to Mexico, but like. Yeah, uh, the the logistics was a little bit too complicated to get that to work out. Yeah, up. it's
0: it's it's a couple of hours different there. You know, I think from Melbourne to LAX that was like seventeen hours, and then it was like yeah, it was fourteen hours. And I did it from Sydney. Yeah, it's so. You said um, I were white Whitetail tail before. Have you hunted white tail? Yeah, I, I um
1: I pursued white tail in Illinois. Illinois in. I think it was like 2016, 20, 2017. Like how'd, I in, how'd you go? Not great. Um, plenty of deer. I saw a really nice buck I really wanted to get, but I, we were hunting out of blinds and tree stands and stuff. So I was like, I just never got anything in that range. I did have a doe tag, but the only closest a doe came was 55 metres. So I wasn't confident to take that shot because it was bow season. But yeah, like I did see like hundred twenty inch white tail buck, and I was like we were only meant to shoot hundred and forty upward. But like I, like I told the guys, look, I don't care about big monster bucks. I just want to get like a standard white tail deer yeah. to take home. And I just I just want a respectable buck, and he goes, you know what? I expect that, so don't, do stress too much about it. Yeah, that's... So I we hunted for about five days and
0: you can't... Just had no luck. You can't really see, but just up there above my yeah my bow that's yeah, up my on top mic, there, yeah. that's my white tail up there, you know. Nothing nothing too flash is is a um three by four. But yeah. Just a cool animal. Um completely different yeah, I, to anything over here.
1: Well, I've got an obsession with North American big game, like I just love So all do I. Of them. So do I. Yeah, they're just
0: it's, I just can't get it's not just North American big game. It's big game. It's game in general, whether it's yeah. New Zealand game, Australian game, and like I asked the question, what's what's people's top five five game. But for me, it's like, well, I've got my North American top five. I've got my European top five. I've yeah. got my African top five. I've got my New Zealand top five. Like, you know, there's too many animals to hunt and I don't have nowhere yeah. near enough money or time. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's the exact same problem I got. Because cause when you ask what's your top five, I'm just going, well, I'm just going to pick the top five that I assume I'll never have. The money to get, so that's, I'm just gonna list those that I know, like I dream of getting, but I know I won't get anyway. Because when am I going to get the finances? Exactly.
0: I reckon bear's pretty, pretty plausible for you. Get onto some black bear. You know, that's the yeah. again, The great thing about social media, we have all these American contacts, these Canadian contacts. Yeah. Um, you know, a little while ago, I was I was looking at doing a bear hunt. I still will in years to come, but I was chatting to Clay Newcomb. And um, yeah, he he gave me a bunch, oh, yeah. of, bunch of advice, very friendly before he was on on the media Eater network. You know, I came across that video of him where the uh, bear touches the end of his arrow, comes up and sniffs the end of his arrow. And yeah, I, I just become <laughs> obsessed with that video. And I had to reach out to him and have a chat to him about it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Big name. Yeah. I'm not sure if you um did your research on this one today. What's your most random oh, yeah. fact? What'd you come up with? In Texas, if you do
1: not pay your child support payments, you don't get a hunting license.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's actually a few states in America that that's the case if you if you don't pay your child support, you lose privilege, your privilege of hunting and fishing rights.
1: And you know what, I'd support that too. If if, we, if it was like, if hunting and fishing was as big here as it was over there, I'd be like, "Get yeah, up. Nah, if you're being a shit
0: dad, do that. Yeah, 100% because you need to take your kids out hunting and fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so a new bit today, the Insta 5 oh, yeah. questions. So I've got, a, oh, I've okay. got five, five of the questions that I got given today. We'll just quickly go through them. First one is from Maxwell underscore more power. If you could own one rifle caliber for the rest of your life, what would it be? eight
1: I've, I've already got it, but I'll, that's just, it's just a good all-round caliber.
0: <laughs> Bit big on rabbits, but. <laughs> oh, why well, well, skin it when it's already minced? Exactly, gut and skin it at the exact same time, as well yeah. as quartering it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is right up your alley, and only one of these people knew that you were the guest tonight. And this person, <laughs> right this yes. person wasn't them. Um, Daniel Phillips, underscore hunting thoughts on chopper calls. <laughs>
1: coals are the main of of the Australian hunting and New Zealand hunting. They're they're destroying it, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. It's just a oh, they're just pack of absolute. So uh.
0: I've seen on Insta the last last week or so, South Australia, New South Wales, and Victoria all doing these choppercoals. And there's reports of mm-hmm. choppers chasing game off of private property. So, this leads into the next question. This person knew that you were coming on, um, and he knew your love of chopper, Carls. And he's also mm-hmm. a studying biologist who's a hunter and shooter, but uh, he's pro chopper, Carls. And he, okay. this person wants deer and other other species eradicated from the australian ecosystem this is uh, daniel carl 01 um he's also the um yeah one of the head guys at et tactical eureka tactical the the shirt <laughs> the, the shirts we got he wants to know <laughs> okay yeah he wants to know have you written to your elected representatives about the issues you've had with chopper culling, especially where they're chasing deer off of private property into into the parks to shoot them?
1: Well, I'll be honest, oh, I haven't, but I'm but I'm planning to. I just haven't got around to it because you know <laughs> the whole farming and family thing gets a bit busy.
0: Yeah, but yeah. yeah
1: I have been making intentions to write a letter to the local land services about my...
0: Because, <laughs> yeah, he's, his his thing is that he sees hunters complaining about this every year, but he wanted to know how many people actually complain, complain to their elected officials or also um, make complaints to the right authorities when these choppers are chasing Deer off of private land because it is illegal for them to do so if they don't have the right, from my understanding, anyway.
1: Yeah, well, I feel like people don't make the effort to voice their words out because they feel like it's gonna drop on deaf anyway because they're a hunter. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So it's a bit. So of... I was like,
1: well, what's 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 the point of making the argument if we're not gonna get listened to anyway?
0: Exactly. Exactly. But hey, someone needs to put some voice out there, and that's. This guy's, um, yeah, well. this is Daniel's, Daniel's thing, you know, he sees a lot of hunters and shooters. He He's worked in a in a gun shop. Um, like I said, he's a studying biologist and he sees a lot of shooters and hunters complaining about everything. But, you know, he also works behind the scenes for Firearm Owners United and they put a lot of stuff out where people have to write to elected officials and shooters complain about their gun laws, but no one ever does anything to do. To help better these, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, people always
1: complain about gun laws and these laws and tropicals, and all. like, I'll admit, I'm it's a bit hypocritical of me to get the shits over the tropicals and not voice my opinion on it, but like, I do intend to. But <laughs> it's also the same when it comes to issues of public land, like, people want public land hunting in Queensland, they want public land hunting in South Australia, like, public land hunting in these places, but like, I don't see anyone. They have, I think they have made an effort acquaintance at one point but sort of, has fallen
0: on a deaf door. Yeah, so it's, it's happened, feel happened like- in South Australia. Um, send it, mate, guys, we were talking about apparently a guy within the ADA actual, like, cancelled all the all the progress that they made on getting public land hunting because he made a complaint. One letter from this guy within the ADA ruined all of the all of the efforts that were made by the rest of the <laughs> All right, so that's move away from the Tropicals. Um favorite yeah, way to... blood boil too much. <laughs> favorite way to prep and cook wild game meat from AJ underscore Pella one two one
1: Favorite way to prep game meat and cook it. I'm when it comes to gaming, I'm always experimental, so I'm always like trying different things and doing different stuff. But more or less, I'm just I give it to my partner Nikki. And going, like, you reckon you could try something that because like she's always very adventurous with her cooking and always cooks such amazing things all the time. Like, so never starving. (laughs) So, So like. On the the got the sixteen pointer red steak I shot last year, I took the I got Tom Hawk steaks taken out of him, and I said like do something with that, and she put a bit of rub on it and she cooked it in the air fryer, poured it out, and it was amazing. Yeah, the, the, so,
0: the air fryers. The air fryers are very yeah. The air
1: fries are a very new thing that's coming out. No, I'm not too sure how to go about them, but I got I think like they're a new thing that. To really take on board with when trying out new game meat.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I actually use the air fryer quite a bit. Um, and yeah, venison comes up great. I did a bunch of, um, cut up a ve- bunch of venison steaks into dice and just put it in the bottom of the air fryer with some olive oil, salt, and pepper, and just you know, yes. ten minutes. Not even ten minutes. It was yeah, it was cooked perfectly. Um, yes. moving on to the next one, Denzel four four seven what do you experience after successfully hunting a deer that you've targeted for a couple of years
1: oh god what's the right word for that relief i guess (laughs) relief because like you work so hard and like this like just oh weight is just taken away the stress is gone and like you have you've completed this pursuit that's been nagging you for well, the days, not even like you in your lane and bed or you're there at work, like it distracts you all the time. And you finally came up with a way to out with this animal or just get the better of it. Like in the, in the terms of fair chase, even because I'm a, I'm a big believer in fair chase. So it was just to be able to be successful when like I get it done. Like it's, I know, it's hard to explain because there's so many different emotions that roar through you.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, you're, you're sad. You're just, you're mentally exhausted. But there's so much going on.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's, unfortunately, it's I, I personally have not taken a, 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 like a deer that I've been chasing for a couple of years. I had one that I was chasing for a couple of years and a mate took him while I was with him. Um, I was very emotional when that happened. I was very happy, but I was also very sad and devastated at the exact same time. um I couldn't have been prouder of my mate and I told him to do it if this situation happened and it happened, and he managed to manage to take it but yeah that's that's the only real experience I've had it like I get these these same deer on trail camera every year i've got got a couple on this one property that I'm going out to in the morning that I've had on trail camera for the last three years. And just I cannot because it's such a thick and scrubby property. I just cannot make things things uh, work out. But I'm gonna go sit between two scrapes tomorrow in a pop up deer blind that I set up on the weekend, and hopefully let an arrow fly.
1: <laughs> I probably answered his question wrong because I, I you answered oh like, yeah chasing like a single animal. Why well, ch- set it up as like chasing a particular species? Because for me, I, I chased it tar one year, but then we got blizzarded out. I couldn't hunt because it was just complete white out. You know, I woke up next day, there were avalanches anyway. The snow was too deep to go looking for them. And like I got shot. I did shoot one, but we never recovered it. My mate shot one as well. He never recovered it. So we came back like 16 months later to try again. And then like we, we both ended up getting tar.
0: That's all. Awesome. It was like
1: we, like, we came back and we succeeded where we, where we failed before
0: yeah it's a, it would be a good feeling that's for sure, and that's what I feel like I'm gonna be like when I eventually get back to New Zealand to chase Seeker I'll have that that same <laughs> that same feeling and I had very similar feeling when I took that red stag with hasey the other day, you know I've taken a hind I've taken two spikes with the bow um and I've had lots I've had some really really nice deer within rifle range when I've had the bow and I've missed a couple of nice stags with the bow. Um uh, just haven't been able to steal the seal the deal. So taking that that stag I took was a very big relief for me to finally get that um monkey off my shoulder, you know. <laughs> okay, although he's like you
1: not know, like a giant monstrous deal like just because 'cause he's got that bit of a wonk in the end, like I reckon that Makes him cool and unique just for
0: that. And that's what I said to Hainsey. Like, we've been planning this hunt for two two years. He's invited me out the last two years. And the first year, I couldn't do it because it was the birth of my son. Unfortunately yeah. timed, he was born in April. <laughs> <laughs> and not the first week of April, but no, not the last <laughs> week of April, but the first week in April. So that they cancelled that plan, and then the second year COVID and shearing on the property got in the way, Um mm. and then yeah, finally finally got it to happen. And I said to Hainesy, "I don't care if it's the wonkiest donkey you've ever seen, uh, you know, if if it's got more than two points, <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna take, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna take it." And yeah, it just happened to be the. F- managed to get this fella down on the first first morning of the hunt within the first half an hour um, everyone says he's an 8 pointer but he's only got t- two tiny little knobs to make him an eight <laughs> to make him an eight <laughs> i i call him a 6 with two nubs <laughs> <laughs> but i can I can still hang a ring off of both of those two nubs, so technically the clasp is a point. <laughs> technically, it counts.
1: Now, <laughs> yeah, well, this bloke right here, his goal. That's the second sambo I've ever shot.
0: So you've taken what three, three or four samba. So I've taken, I've taken, I've taken three Samba. Wicked.
1: No, that's a lie. That's a have four. I did, I did shoot a nubby one, and like I. Took the whole thing back to New South Wales and hung it up in a courtroom. Cool
0: That's wicked. Yeah, I've only taken the yeah, one, like, and that was on private property under spotlight. So I still need to go get myself a proper hunted zamba. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, now that, that that bloke up there, the the big boy, like we we went to go tuna fishing, really, but then like the weather was turning bad, so like, well, we're gonna. He caught in rain anyway, he might as well just buddy do it up and up in the hills.
0: That's um, like, oh, that's a pretty oh, good con- <laughs> prize rather than yeah. going tuna fishing, I'd say. Yeah, so
1: like, Oh, we're not. Yeah, but the bloke <laughs> funny because I, I shot him, and I was like, Sweet, best sandwich I can clearly get him mounted. And then, like, the guy who we were meant to get on the boat with, he said, like, Oh, yeah, like we were like 100 yards from the Victorian buddy tuna record. And got caught today. It's like, oh, also like, no matter where like, history was being made for someone.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, so if people have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where can they find you on social media? Whether it be Facebook, Instagram, do you have YouTube? Oh,
1: I've got, I've got YouTube, but it's only like one measly solo goat hunt video that I made ages ago. So you could watch it if you are like, but if you want to contact me there, you're wasting your time. So or just Instagram at Cody Gearin, like one word, Cody Gearin on Instagram. That's probably your best place to welcome me if you want to talk shit or whatever.
0: <laughs> and you're very good at doing that.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a gear and art. And it's, a, it's been handed down between the brothers.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. You're definitely a king of memes, that's for sure. I try my
1: best. I don't want to gloat or anything, but I'll make a Simpsons meme or two.
0: <laughs> One thing I do quickly want to get on. You share a photo of you at a at a stand-up club. What's the deal with that?
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so this was during the White Tail trip when I went to America. And I was like, well, I was in LA for a couple of days. I was like, you know what? I'm here. I want to go see. Some- I love stand-up comedy. I want to go see some shows. As do I. I went to a show called, to a club called Flabbers, and Bill Burr was there. So I got to saw Bill Burr live, testing some new material before he did a Netflix special. So that was pretty cool.
0: I love Bill Burr. He's, he's a funny bugger. (laughs) Yeah. So I got got to see
1: Bill Burr live and like in, we went to the toilet and I shook his hand and had a quick yarn with him.
0: In the toilet. What? (laughs) I was on my way to the toilet. We weren't in the toilet. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a bit awkward if he's trying to take a piss and you're like, "Hey, go, mate." Yeah, yeah, like, hang on, let me have a quick shake here,
1: and then I'll shake that. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, yeah, take your real quick. Then like the next night, I went to the comedy store. It's like, a heap of comedians go there, like Greg Fitzsimmons and Joe Joe Rogan, buddy Dave Chappelle. Like, they all go there, and all. We'll, Brian Callen was on that, right? So, well, there was actually two shows. There was an early show and there was a late show. I was like, well, I'm here. I'm going to watch both. So, I paid tickets for both. And then, you know, just during the, the break between the two, the cleaning guy was there. And he goes, where are you from? He goes, I'm visiting from Australia. like just is here for a little holiday. He goes, oh, well, do you want to get on stage and I'll, I'll take a photo of you and make it look like you're telling some jokes? <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. And I did that and I sent it to my brother and he's going, What are you doing there? What have you done? And he's going, I oh, the, the janitor offered to take a photo for me before, buddy, the next next lot
0: of comedians. But he stood up, sweet. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I I would love to see Brian Callan. He's uh he's a unique fella, that's for sure.
1: Oh, and he just uses the whole stage, he just goes back and forth. He's just so energetic like watching him
0: walk on your phone and stuff said i'll get he's pretty funny but watching him it's like it's it's a different level i bet i bet anyway man thank you very much for coming on it's it's we had a little bit of a bit of a tech issue this is the first um yeah zoom interstate podcast i've done so we had to try and find a, a a medium that worked well we tried tried video chat we tried instagram so we both ended up having to download zoom and jump on there and <laughs> work the
1: out. We, we, we made it work in
0: the end we, we made it work so hopefully um i won't have these tech as many of these tech issues in the future we, cody was just the um the test dummy <laughs> test dummy yeah
1: like wasted on the buddy. don't be like new south wales <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, that's all good when you when you shoot some good deer, mate. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, you get what you get. Staring at your collection behind behind you makes 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 me look like I'm just standing in a room with a bunch of spikes.
1: <laughs> oh well, I like I give you a hunt long enough, you get lucky. I just happened to fluke at where I was. It really, like it's there's no skill there. It's just it's just.
0: Like 1% skill, 99% fluke. <laughs> yep, pretty much when it comes to my stuff, yeah. <laughs> but, nah, easy, man. I, I really appreci- appreciate you coming on. Thank you for listening. Please find us on social media, Instagram, Hunting Connection Podcast, Facebook, Hunting Connection Podcast, and Twitter, at Hunting Connect. Also, please subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on, rate, review, and share with your friends and family. Thank you.